All right, so here's what I fucked up this week. Instead of recording the computer sound, I recorded the computer mic. So I had none of Mike's audio, but I luckily experimented with the record option on Zoom. So everybody sounds the same, like a fucking computer. And I'm sorry. Next week will be better. The interview, I think, at the end with my mom, I did correctly, though. So I hope you guys are all staying safe and washing your hands. This is Hot Little Takes. This machine kills fascists. I hate to make the prison comparison because people do that and it's the most privileged comparison anyone can make right now. Right, of course. Shouts to Ellen. Fuck yeah. Ellen. Because we can all still vote. Maybe not by mail, but we can vote. Right. Anyway. That's a bummer. <laughs> a I, tough... know, I always say tangential and it's tangential. Yeah. I found this out the other day. What, what tipped you? Out. And then I you... and then I ate a tangerine. And then the tangerine was like, you don't know what anything is, do you? <laughs> the tangerine was speaking to you? <laughs> no, it wasn't even a tangerine. It was a grapefruit. <laughs> it's a fucking clementine. Sorry, this is a bit tangential. <laughs> I think because tangential you just set sounds, me up for all that? That was good stuff. Tangential sounds a little too much like congenial to me, you know? Uh-huh. I see. And the I last see thing I'm trying to be when I'm being tangential is congenial. <laughs> Did you rehearse this? No, man. <laughs> I just haven't spoken to anybody except for my mother in like three days. <laughs> yeah, part of me envies that. I, I'm kind of sick of talking to people at work all day long. Yeah, working sounds like it would be awful. I already don't like working and, you know... <laughs> under the circumstances i don't know why people want to go back to work yeah no kidding yeah no kidding season the government's gonna keep paying us Oof! wow this isn't how i pictured this starting <laughs> sorry <laughs> i always feel like kind of the need to just kind of be a little chatty when we start these yeah you just got to get some shit off your chest yeah well you know sometimes we'll talk for a few minutes before you'll hit that record button on me so I don't always, I'm kind of always like in an unprepared mood. To, uh, in, an, in, an, in an unprepared but on mood. Yes. Yeah. Like at any minute, the audience could be listening. Right. Like, like the like curtain's I, being pulled and you don't realize it. Yeah, but I'm blindfolded. On stage. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should try an episode of this where we're blindfolded. I don't know what difference that would make. No, that's like uh, describing the taste of food to blind people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great clickhole classic. Yeah, clickhole classic. Shouts to clickhole. <laughs> <laughs> they really, they really picked up where Newgrounds left off, you know. Well, where do you want to get started tonight? You want to talk about some new stuff, old stuff, some recommendations? Well, I think we should save the Rex and maybe our our new our whole new subcategory of the show for maybe the end. Okay. Uh, but I, uh, I know that we wanted to, we definitely wanted to talk, fetch the bolt cutters. Yeah. I might, know. Be a, might be a fun place to start. 
I love that it's been a, like what maybe like a week and a half since we recorded. Yeah, because I think it came. I think it came out the night that we d- yeah. cut the last one, and it's pretty much like burned the entire world down. It's been exploding. Oh my god, we knew that it would though. I said to you earlier, if anyone's ever going to make like a a movie scene or something that takes place in this era, any one of those songs from that album is kind of going to be an obvious choice. Yeah, it became the immediate soundtrack to what everyone was doing. Yeah, it's the anthem of the era, you know. I couldn't, you know, I don't know. There aren't very many artists, I think, who could have uh, stepped up and done that quite the way that Fiona Apple did. Of all the people that, I don't know, we were anticipating having some huge record right now. Probably, probably wouldn't have been at the top of my list if you asked me a year ago. I also would have had a lot of other questions about what was going on. Oh, I've been, I've been looking up her, you know, history a little this week, and I forget that she puts out an album like, you know, once a decade and or once every five years, and they always get like a Grammy or get nominated for a Grammy, you know, like. Well, they're like critically. They're just like we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, she takes her time to make good shit. Yeah. Which is kind of why the time she drops one, everyone like is almost, she's almost kind of left the lexicon again. And she, she comes back like, it's always like a comeback move almost. Yeah, yeah. Don't, but don't call it a comeback. Well, yeah, because it's just going to happen every time. She's just going to take her time to do good work instead of trying to rush out twice as many albums and having a lot of other people. She's got other people who write for once in a while, but she writes and, 95 percent of what she puts out there right uh so what are you what are you what are you vibing on the hardest right now i, I think i was listening to fetch the bull cutters the most because uh-huh. that was like the first one i heard and that's like got such a nice uh hook to it i love a good hook because i'll just play it like over and over again right and i think when i knew that that was the the title of the record i was almost i couldn't even quite wrap my head around the thought but when you hear when you hear the way that she does it you're like oh this is the 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 obvious hook she she retroactively wrote the song because she knew she wanted the album to be called that but she didn't have a song and she needed like an extra song to slap on there and they like i think that was like one of the last ones they wrote probably what (laughs) that's like one of the most polished things i mean the whole the whole thing is so just immaculately produced i already said when I, before we started rolling that uh i want you to love me has just like just about like the cleanest like minute intro that i've like ever heard to start a record before yeah she's mixing like the kind of you know classical pianist training that she has with this like weird tom waits junkyard vibe <laughs> yeah yeah you had a you had a great take when we started that this is like She's like doing Lady Tom Waits kind of thing. Right. Her kind of husky um, prose slam poetry thing that she's doing half the time. Uh Uh-huh. And just all those weird, like, banging on a piano sounds. Right. Like you're banging on the internals of a piano, you know, with a hammer. (laughs) Uh, Pause for just a second, man. Now we're recording, now we're back. I'm so sorry to everybody that I am such a complete... An utter fuck up at producing a podcast. It's all right. It's fine. nice. It's fine. It's okay. We it's don't need to slate again or anything. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, where were we? We were talking. We were talking Fiona Apple. Yeah. 
I, I, I can, I can already foresee I have about another 10 weeks of diving into it. Yeah. That's like, cause it's like a really good, you know, classic, like 12, like 13 song album, but a lot of them are like five or six minutes long. Yeah. Well, it really feels like a, it feels like a, like an album, like a fucking real record. Yeah. Like you know what full, I mean? Like a full modern opera, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, I don't know, just like the uh, the big records of music before, you know what I mean? She's And she's obviously of that era. I'd like to see her, like, do, like, a concept album or, like, do the soundtrack to, like, a story or something that someone wrote, you know, like a movie or, I don't know. Oh, and she and she does the whole thing? Yeah, like some classic, you know, how like Yellow Submarine or Tommy or one of, you know, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Wall, that kind right. of, where she's like, there's a whole story that she's telling. Or I think that she, of, of all the musicians still in the biz, she's like kind of the most uniquely situated to do something like that. It probably would just know have... one of her albums probably already is that, and I'm like too dumb to know. That yeah, that's probably, yeah, that's, there's a good chance that we, yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> Someone's going to be mad listening to that and being like, what the fuck are you talking about? I already did that. Yeah. <laughs> did you know she did the Boogie Nights music? Just kidding. Obviously not. She, she did the Boogie Nights director. <laughs> she, Didn't you, were you telling me a story about her doing like cocaine with uh, P.T. Anderson and Quentin Tarantino? Oh, yeah, that's how she's, it's in, I think that that's in her New Yorker profile. That's like how she quit doing cocaine was she did it with, Paul Thomas Anderson and Quentin Tarantino while they were watching a movie and she was like, fuck this. I'm done. (laughs) This is not fun. (laughs) These, these two have explicitly made it clear how, how much I do not need to keep doing this. I feel like that's, that's a, a good, like quitting cocaine story. Well, sure. Because plenty of people would be like grateful, would be like, oh my God, I would love to do that. And you know, She's she's a wise soul though, and she's like, "Fuck this." Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is not a life. <laughs> These guys don't have lives. At least not that night. That was back. That was back in the day. Day. That was like. Sure. That was like Magnolia, Foxy Brown era. All, I know she like blew up her first her first album when she was like seventeen. You know, she's got a. I was telling you, I think there. I think I said this maybe in the last one. There's going to be people who are like, "Who's this Fiona Apple girl?" Right, right. You know, that happened to Paul McCartney when he did that song with Kanye. Didn't that happen to Ozzy Osbourne when he did some song with like, um, oh god, the guy with all the face tattoos, the white little, guy with all the face tattoos, little pump. No, the guy, the kid who died. No, the one who's in all the Super Bowl commercials, the really dirty looking one. Oh, Post Malone. Yeah, I think he did some with Ozzy, and people didn't know who Ozzy was. That's hilarious. I'm, That's, uh, I just, I, I'm sure the people are mad that I can't name Post Malone off the. Sure. Off the I'm not head. very familiar with that, with that kid's music, but uh, I do kind of appreciate his presence. He seems to have some self awareness, and he's like a good. It seems like yeah. that guy's good vibes. I don't, I, I don't really have any reason to dislike the guy whatsoever. <laughs> I just don't really know. <laughs> I couldn't name a single one of his songs, you know? 
Yeah. Welcome to Hot Little I'd be like, oh, I've heard that. <laughs> like, I've heard that. I didn't know that was uh, him. I don't know why we turned into Hot Little Dad takes. For like, hot Little Old Man takes. I've heard some songs. It's like just me, fu- just me fucking up technology and us being like, I've heard of him. I don't yeah. know. I think that's what people come to expect from us. God damn it! And then, we, then we make, and then we talk about our our old hogs, uh, our old ragged, massive hogs. All right, let's get back on track. Do you want to talk about Run? Yeah, let's talk about Run. We both, you just watched. I this just one. watched. Go. I just watched the second episode right, like right before we. I uh, watched it in bed this morning, and I am. I was in on the show from the pilot, but now I'm like, for sure, I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. This the is... The plot thickens. This, and I here's a hot little take. This is the horniest show I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I don't know if anything could ever top Fleabag or Mad Men. This is... No, dri- like, this drip, is... Like, dripping with horniness. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it's like affects everything. Yeah, it's the primary, like it's like a third character. Does, everything they do, both do is like driven by their lust. Like, right. The, the, yeah, the whole thing is a confusion of over. <laughs> is, is this a sex thing? Or is this an existential crisis? Which one are we doing? And they're both doing them at different times. Yes, because there's clearly this combination of like they they've had they've had clearly amazing sex in the past, and yeah. they've clearly had like feelings for each other in the past. Yeah. One thing that I'm curious about that he, it slowed him down is she's got a scar on her abdomen. Yeah, and that he, was like, that, what a what a shot that was! What an insert and his, that was! And then his reaction was really big to it, and you were like, "That means something that we'll learn more about." You know, if they had to get a, if they had like a kid or something that something went fucked and weird with, like there's yeah, mystery continues. Right, and that's and that's also just to say that like we really still don't know shit about anything except that Merritt Weaver is married to Harry Crane from Mad Men. Yeah, which is something I meant to say. We didn't really point out before. It's so funny that Harry Crane is her husband. (laughs) And they both did things in this episode that were like violated red flags for like any good future in this thing. Like she used another guy to get him jealous and he like fucking stalked her and her husband and he took her credit card number. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They so, did, they're doing shady things to each other. They're not like being this She at know. least she at least right now seems like she is being kind of pure and open with him, but Yeah, I I was I thought she was being like Maybe not pure. Like, I was like this is I thought that the hitting up the other guy was like a weird move on her behalf until she said, you hurt my pride. And I was like, I totally respect that, actually. But- yeah, I love this guy. I love, I really enjoy both of those characters so much. I think that I the- really, I really thought that the guy she, that she almost fucked was a great cameo. Cause he Oh like, my God, I agree. He, keen, he like knew that something was up and then he like kind of made his move very fucking smoothly and like gracefully like, 
Yeah. He handled the. He was the only person handling things like an adult. Like right. Was know? that was that maybe the smoothest move at seduction you've ever seen on TV before? Actually, that was, that was what you know how you'll see things that are like men writing women, and it's like her nipples walk through the door or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> The, his right. his sexy talk to her when I listened to it, I was like, "That's like a woman writing a man," because I would never be like that, like <laughs> detailed and eloquent. Like I would, I'd be like way cruder, you know. And my fat <laughs> hog is 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 hogging up the room. Yeah, and then I'm gonna rub your shoulders with my balls. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I'm and I'm glad you brought up the writing because I. <laughs> find it pretty exhilarating it's i think it's pretty clear that she is a, a theater writer a play yeah. a, a playwright i should oh, yeah I should dialogue say. dialogue um is just on point Di- yeah and well dialogue is like the champion but also just i mean the first it's what like the first 10 minutes is pretty much like that one through line breath of them in the roomette that they go into that becomes just like that comedy of errors coitus interruptus sequence that they go through it ends with them playing having this ridiculous drinking game like there were there's a three-act structure to this episode yeah there's something that i really love about and obviously when you see the the preview for next week they're not on the train anymore but i really love them being on the train because that the whole thing feels very european I mean, obviously, this is a European writer, European producer. Donald Gleason's in it, obviously. Right. So it has all those vibes, but there is something so, you know, before sunrise kind of thing about it that that is so cool. And I love that being in America, I like seeing there should as a as as a frequent writer of the California Zephyr Amtrak line. I want to see more Amtrak stuff in America. I want to see more of people yeah. riding the rails here. It's, it's a really a romantic cool... setting. And like, yeah. you know, like you said, rom- like before sunrise, I didn't really even think about that connection until you just said it. Like, it's it's almost like the, 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 the inverse of before sunrise because they well, do know each like, other. It's got that thing like, you know, um, of being in a, being on a place together. It's like Titanic. They're on a boat together or like, mm-hmm. You know, if if the idea of romance on an airplane wasn't really crude, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what, back when they used to have nice planes, I'm sure what would be like, oh, you can pick up a girl at the bar or whatever. Not, you know. Sure. There's not the, the old classic nudge and point at the, you know, that everyone's been pointing at the bathroom. Move, <laughs> we've all done. Right. Uh <laughs> Because I mean, for anyone who's taken a train, you you really have freedom on a train. You know, you can pass through all the, especially if you, especially if you're so bougie as to have a roomette. I mean, you can go wherever the fuck you want. There's a bar, well, there's snacks, and those, you can bring your own fucking booze, and no one knows. And then especially, I think here in the states, like there aren't a ton of people on the trains. It seems like they can kind of move and sit down wherever they feel like. That doesn't seem too inaccurate. I would think. I don't know. I mean, they're on a totally different line. Like I said, I've only ever, I've only ever been on the California Zephyr. They're also traveling far enough that there would be plenty of people coming and going, and they're doing a longer route. 
you know. So, but it seems like they are like they're getting off in Chicago. Is that true or no? I think that was the destination for the route that they had agreed to take in the first place. Uh huh. I don't know where they were together when their relationship originated. The, like right. you pointed out, the mystery of their past is something that they're going to keep kind of spoon feeding us. And yeah. That's, really, that's good, like theater writing, too, you know? Where you oh, yeah. There's, there's like a reverse dramatic irony where what we don't know is the suspense. Yeah, exactly. I'm in on it. I re- I, 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 so I think it's only eight episodes. It might even be seven. I think it's actually quite short. Really? It's that short? I think so. I was looking I was looking it up earlier and I think it might only be seven episodes. So I'm assuming that it's gonna be kind of a wild ride here towards when we get to the finish line. Yeah, because that must mean, you know, the next episode is will kind of finish out our first act, I guess. And set us into wherever we're going in Chicago now. Yeah. Yeah, because the the trailers from next week, I I I mean it's yeah, seven episodes I think is all it is. That's what it says here. I don't know any where we're going. Epi- any other episode highlights for you? Uh just the, I mean I, I love Merritt Weaver's performance in this, but I thought that in that episode Donald Gleason was just kind of hysterical constantly. Yeah. I really enjoyed him him like awkwardly hitting on the waitress while trying not to hit on the waitress while trying <laughs> not to make her think that he's hitting on her and then like he's like I bet you get hit on a lot and she's like and he she thinks he's arguing with his girlfriend cuz some right. woman is calling him this Fiona character which I assume is his like uh manager or assistant or something like that. That might be true. I assume it's business related. I don't but know. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But he he multiple times in that episode really made me cackle with just his like explosive expletive screaming in pain or in uh Yeah, well and that's why I was like, oh, because you know, they're it's like this whole show's like I was like, this is like a weird metaphor for for like getting back together with an ex or something like that. Like it's almost like the whole show will, might be metaphorical and it's like they're the move of like using someone to make someone else jealous. It's uh-huh. like, you know, red flag, you know, thing that we've all been through on one end or the other or both. Right. You know? Right. And his move too. Yeah. Like I said, like he's, 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 he does the thing they agreed not to, which is look her up and like look up her life, you know. Yeah, and her husband's life. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and I wanted to. We've ne- we haven't seen him in the flesh on screen yet, but great performance by Har- by Harry Crane. Even in yeah. the even just like in the pictures on the his company website and stuff, I'm like, oh, this guy's just like, like nailing it. His like petty fucking voicemail where he just like puts her on blast. To oh yeah, yeah. Dude, that's, that's like great. that's like divorce. And you know, if you don't hear from your wife for one day and you do that shit, like I can see why she fucking left the guy. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. That's that's a petty fucking move. One day. And she's like, give me a week, you know? I Fuck, man. 
how long have they been married? So, people go through shit, but yeah, maybe she hasn't fucked somebody else yet. It's only been a day, <laughs> and she hasn't. And like, yeah, she, she hasn't. She says, when she leaves, she's like, "Look, you won't fuck me. We haven't. I haven't betrayed my marriage yet." Yeah, she's tried two times. Who do you think fucked with her money? I, I it has to be uh, uh, Gleason's character. You don't think it's her husband? No, I no, I don't think so. He I think she, ca- she calls him immediately thinking about that, but he but he took her card. Yeah, he did. I mean, he must have been at the bar with her card. All the booze that they drank, I'm assuming, came out of her out of her account. Yeah, that's true. Well, they made friends with the bartender. By the end of that, they were all like drinking game was like a fucking crazy drinking game. That's the other thing I wanted to say. Oh yeah, I want to know the rules and I want to play. Well, clearly you drink and then you try to trick someone into thinking that you drank either water or not water. And then if they are wrong, they have to drink and I assume do the same thing. That's like a game where you get drunk so fast. That like, seems and like And they a also fun pour game. out like they also this is what I would hate. They pour out like three different clear drinks. So you don't yeah. know if you're gonna get like vodka or tequila or whatever. Like that I'm not down for. No way. <laughs> I don't like I don't like even the idea of like going to the big field, like, am I gonna drink water and having vodka go in my mouth? You know, and you like drink a drink the wrong soda or something i was, I was just gonna say has that ever happened to you in your life i think we've all yeah, heard when the I was a kid, i remember that like being like a thing where you're like oh oh my I god i don't know if it's ever happened to me with alcohol necessarily <laughs> no because i'm not about to fucking drink anything that i don't know what it is you know what i mean right right <laughs> uh i don't know anyway I I'm in on it. I re- I really can't wait for the rest of it. Yeah. I and people have time to catch up right now. Oh yeah. Two yeah, only two episodes deep there'll be a new one on Sunday night or Monday night, I think. Yeah. And we're still the new, Huh? When's the new Mrs. America? Did it just come out last night? I think it just came out last night, so for anyone who came to this pod looking for Mrs. America talk, we'll we'll have it next time. Yeah, we both. Yeah, it usually takes us a couple days to watch stuff. Well, so very things big. are things are kind of coming out in random places. It was nice when we were talking about two things that used to come out on the same night. So that's true. Yeah, because then we'd then we'd also text each other and be like, "Whoa!" Well, yeah, because then it was appointment viewing. I think that now we might make run appointment viewing and hit it at the same time. Uh, speaking of. Things coming out on the same night. Maybe this can segue us into a couple recommendations that we, I know we wanted to talk about. And on Sunday nights, and I'll keep this brief because I think that we're going to do a longer episode on this. Oh, are you going to talk? I think I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, we're gonna we'll do we'll do a, a deeper dive on this later on with a friend of ours. The Michael Jordan, The Last Dance documentary series that's airing on ESPN right now is incredible. Is it and only on ESPN? It's only on ESPN unless you live overseas, which we do have. Uh, we have a couple listeners, and I think that those episodes are all on Netflix for people. 
fuck, man. In Europe. I need to get a VPN. Like it, you know, and I, I actually would even recommend it to people who aren't sports fans because it really is just like kind of a fan. It's like, a, you know, because so much of it is about the front office of what was going on with the Bulls in the 90s. and Yeah, I'd like to actually watch it because I like sports documentaries, you know. Yeah, it's I. This is the succession of sports documentaries. Fuck, I want to. I want to get access to it now. It's, it's especially it's, if we're going to talk about it, because otherwise, I'm just going to talk about Space Jam while you, while you and our buddy talk about. I'll give talk about Michael I, Dorton, So I, to watch it, I I I I downloaded a, a Sling TV. So I'll send you my login for that. Thank you. Uh, it's it's fucking great. It's really really good. Yeah, I totally watched that. He seems like an like he'd have an insane career path that they would discuss. I mean, he's the Have they gotten to fuck them kids yet? No, fuck so I mean just <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know the, the 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 basis of the whole series is that in the 98 or the 97-98 series, which was the last year that the Bulls won the title, which is Michael Jordan's last year ostensibly with the the Bulls, which is like his real career. Uh, they the the NBA and the Bulls allowed like a pretty unprecedented like documentary film crew to follow them around for the entire season in a very like tense moment for the organization and for Jordan. Like at the this is like post Space Jam. This is post five titles and like five MVPs. Like he was right the biggest person in the universe. And there was so much turmoil. This is, in like, this is like Rocky Six or something like that. Sure, but it's like championship belt being challenged. Once yeah, but it's but it's cra- I mean, but like that kind of access is crazy to like be to be with Jordan and Pippen and and uh, and and Rodman and, and and fucking Steve Kerr and Phil Jackson and all those people. Like, why did it take real so long moment. for this documentary to get made? They threw it in the fucking vault. Why? It was, I guess that's something we can research and get into when we talk about it. Sure. I mean, but even just like to put it shortly, like Jordan has his his likeness like locked the fuck up. Sure. I like bet. you like it's so like I like we've talked about I've been on that SNES emulator. If you play any of the NBA live games from the nineties or any of the NBA games from the nineties, Michael Jordan is not on the rosters of those games because his likeness contract stuff was tied up so hard that he wasn't even part of any rosters on games yeah 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 man i wish that my uh likeness was worth a lot (laughs) yeah i wish i'd won six nba titles oh well i wish i'd won one i wish i'd lost one i know that you have one big recommendation i can clear the lane for yeah well yeah i've got a couple i told you i got a couple short ones i did a good i did a double feature the other night and watched the nice guys right i've never seen these both just came out on hbo right nice guys and the good boys which i would recommend both of those one is a great detective uh story from like the 70s that's got gosling gosling and russell crowe right yeah and it's got very it's got some kind of crumbly vibes i think you'd like it a lot like it's two detectives they're well you know Various levels of having their shit together, various levels of sobriety, um, snarky, funny characters. All the detective uh, 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 pillars. All the all that. It's great shit. And the Good Boys was really funny. That's the one. That's the like Seth Rogen produced. 
like right. it's like super bad with 12 year olds yeah it's like <laughs> it's like uh super bad meets stand by me or something yeah and it's got all the really charming like 12 year old boy moves where they don't really know what things are you know right like one of the kids calls it coom he's like it's coom c-u-m coom like oh shit God. like that that you're like as a boy, you're like, that's exactly what it was like when we were like 12 or whatever. Yeah, and you're just you're just fronting knowledge. Yeah, and they get involved in a caper, you know, of 12-year-old proportions. All right. Um, yeah, so it's like it's like a lot of movies we've seen, like the that older band of guys do, that kind of Apatow crew, but with little kids, which is a funny take yeah right it's like that would make a good double feature with uh book smart sure yeah actually and i think both of those i'd say are like better movies than super bad in retrospect i think so too when i when i tried to rewatch super bad not that long ago i was like woof a lot of this really does not stand up yeah isn't that a lot of them being like you're gay yeah like uh yeah a lot of it's tough that's you know early 2000s acceptable <laughs> yeah Tell me, the big, I, yeah give me a give me your big one yeah the big one i wanted to recommend everybody that i watched and i just tell christian check out is called uh midnight gospel and it's uh animated it's some adult swim looking animation it came it popped up on my netflix and i was like ah this looks like something i might watch later and i eventually did and I'm glad I did because I got really sucked into it. And it's um, this comedian is named, hang on, I have it written down because I forget things. Duncan, Duncan something. But he's got this podcast where he like talks a lot about like psychedelia and enlightenment. And he has all these kind of gurus and like practitioners of like Western magic with a K uh-huh. and like strange and interesting people having strange and interesting conversations about death and about you know self-reflection and about existential shit and the guy who created adventure time hooked up with him and Uh has created this show where he takes some really good samples from these interviews from this podcast and they make it into this animated show about a guy who's going around in this simulated universe machine he has and encountering strange, surreal, psychedelic people who he's interviewing for his podcast. Right. So it'll have these like very crazy imagery over kind of like soothing, um, thought-provoking conversation. Uh-huh. And it it sucks you in, you know, by the end he's like interviewing, I told you he ends up interviewing like his, his dying mother. And this is in real life. His mother has died, by, you know, and uh, he's, it's the last, one of the last interviews he did with her or whatever. I want to listen to the guy's podcast more, but yeah, it's called Midnight Gospel. Cause kind of every world he goes to is like in an apocalyptic scenario and he's interviewing people who are dealing with horrible shit and they're having some casual conversation about you know forgiveness or sure about uh i don't know just just cool philosophical shit it kind of reminded me of waking life 
Right. That's like, you know when you started when you started explaining it to me, I was like, all right, this is like right. This is right in my explain. This is his. Oh, type absolutely. This is right up my fucking. <laughs> yeah, know? and I'm not. I and like we talked about, you know, I'm not crazy about cartoons, but this sounds like it's kind of outside the realm of that sort of stuff. If it's more in the waking life vein, then I'll pro- I'll probably check it out. Well, and honestly, you know, the animation's crazy and it's cool and it kind of complements whatever the interview is. But I was only I, half the time I was doing other shit and just listening to it. I really want to get into his podcast. Yeah. The way the show works is it kind of makes it a little more palatable in a way because you're kind of being tricked into listening to some stuff that might make you reflective and think about your own sense of presence and your own sense of how aware you are of your emotions and your thoughts and, you know, a lot of meditation conversation. Yeah, right, right, right. Anyway, right. that's my big recommendation right now. Cool, that's on the list. I, you know, only last the the last recommendation that I can give because I've I've been going pretty hard at this and I have been watching less I think than normal. But the and I might mispronounce his name because I'm just so bad with French pronunciation. But uh, the Maurice Pilat Pilet Pilat Pilet Pilat. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, his collection on Criterion is wonderful. I just um, French foreign I I film. Say that again. French foreign film. French foreign film. It's a lot of seventies, seventies, eighties. I think that there's one from the nineties on there. I I had watched <laughs> the, the one about the 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 sex crazed teenager a, a few months ago and found it pretty outrageous, but. I I just I just watched Lulu and I'm gonna watch a couple of the other ones in the next few days. The but Lulu is Gerard Depardieu when he was uh like young beefcake Gerard Depardieu and Isabelle Hubert and it's great. It's uh just one What's of those about? great. It's about a woman who leaves her husband for a man and for Gerard. Depardieu? For, Gerard, for Gerard Depardieu, who is a sex god, Gerard Depardieu. Yeah, who? Yeah, who's just like a surly sex god in a leather jacket in 1980. France. What an interesting career that guy had. Oh yeah, I think he was. I think did he not win an Oscar for playing Cyrano de Bergerac? Probably. I think he may have. That was fantastic casting because the guy already had like a notorious sleep. Yeah. And there's actually, like, there, you get a little, you get a little, you get a little Depardieu hog in the movie. He was like the A-list French actor for a while. And well, we don't, no shit. I mean, he's and like. Usually, and usually you don't see a guy do that. Like, you'll see like Mario Cofiard or whatever. You'll see yeah. like a hot, you know, beautiful French woman. But uh, yeah, we don't, usually, I mean, we don't usually latch on to a guy the way we, like a French guy the way we did with him. His um uh, his energy in that movie is very, is is really entrancing. I mean, he's like uh he's like French Brando. He is French Brando. Yeah. Hot take: Christian O'Shaughnessy, Gerard <laughs> Depardieu is French Brando. Yeah, but he's still kicking, man. He's still kicking. He was in that Claire Denis movie, Let the Sunshine In. Looking yeah. fine. Looking How old fine. is he now? Uh, he's in he's he's in his late seventies now, I think. When was he born? He was born in what? Fifty five, so sixty three. Uh, I was I was looking this I was looking this up earlier. He was thirty two in nineteen eighty. So four. I was doing the date. I was doing the date game. You know. Right. Sixty six. Sixty seven. No. Forty six. Forty eight. Forty eight's the number. Fifty six. 
but it's it's really good and i really i really i really like the the pialat style a lot i I really appreciate it oh yeah should we take a should we let everyone take a quick little break and hear a word from our sponsors and come back Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to, my only thing with it is like, I don't want to look at my computer and see people on the computer. Yeah, I know. I've just been trying to think of uh, creative things to do with my limited, sorry, my cat's been crazy, with my limited uh, right, right. options, you know? We, yeah. we, used to, we used to do a lot of live shows and stuff. I feel, feeling it for everyone out there who, uh, who who did stuff like that yeah i feel it I feel, <laughs> god damn it the time i mean you know this is between you and i but the oh we're the not time, recording yet no we're recording i've been recording but just, you know the timing of this was just so specifically like big fuck you to the creativity the, the creative things that we had that you were actively a part of and the things that we were about to jump into yeah it's like the entire arts world is like getting fucked, but people are also depending on art now more than ever. People people are watching every fucking movie and listening to every song. And right. It's like the same people who shit on, you know, people who are in who study the arts and who try to make livings in it. Yep. Pretty annoying. It is very annoying. Anyway. That kind of What I did you say? You froze. You froze hard. I said that kind of segues into the game that I have for you. You have a game? Kind of. Well, I told you to think of something, but you didn't really do it. So now we're going to do the game we did last week, basically. Okay. So instead of uh, last week, we talked about who would we want to be quarantined with. Uh huh. This week, I came up with a, a list, and then I want you to kind of respond off the top of your head as I name them off. Okay. Respond in what way? Now, the goal of this list is we're going to try – we've talked about how we want to expand this podcast. Yep. And one of the things we want to do is start having guests and start reviewing maybe movies and shows and things that are not of this current – that aren't, like, currently airing, you know? Yeah, we, can, we want to look we can back. Sit down, we can, yeah, we can sit down with someone and watch a movie with them that they like, and we can all unpack it together. Yes. So I've got so, some. So possible... these are your lists for the, the the pitches for this. Yeah, these are these are movies I would pitch that you and I would both be into. Okay, how do you want me to respond? I want you to respond by off the top of your head naming a movie that you would like to review that you know that I wouldn't hate. You know, one that we would both be. That's like my. It's like my ink blot. Re- the response to the movie that you're telling me. Yeah, because I didn't think super hard about these. Some of these were kind of like, yeah, that'd be a funny one. And I know you and I would both go in on. Okay, great. Great. Mike, do you want to tell everyone at home what uh, what we're going to call this once we get to it? 
Oh yeah, once we, you know, start getting sorry, my cat's being fucking crazy right now. My cat is also being really crazy right now. I know, they wait until we have shit to do. Um because they're totally chill when like I wanna hang out <laughs> and play. When it's time to play with Kitty. <laughs> um yeah, we're gonna we're gonna call it Hot Little Takes Classic. And yep. that's where we review, you know, maybe <laughs> I love it. That's where it's not like a new movie review. It's us looking back on something we're fans of. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's totally original idea. Just yeah, like everything was... else we do on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're not just regurgitating the same bullshit everyone else is. <laughs> All, All right. right. So I'm going to fire them at you. And I've made some amendments and I probably will continue to make some amendments. So I'm going to fire one at you. And then you. And then you are, we do, are, you doing, are you doing five? Yeah, I've got five. Okay. Okay, the first one I have, and this is the last one I came up with, is uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Ugh. It's a classic. Fucking. I know you and I are both fans of it. It's uh, classic. kind of a B-side from that era, which I... Uh, I mean, but that's like, it's peak Sidney Lumet, it's peak Al Pacino. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's one I've always talked about I want to see adapted to a live on stage yeah, yeah absolutely great any kind of any kind of isolated one location even you'd have a you'd have a million actors in it but right it's one place the whole time it's about a, it's an old 70s movie it's about a bank robbery um, okay that's that's a fucking great one it's classic a classic all right so you, now you got a name off one off the top of your head well if they're all just kind of ink blot responses these aren't promises that we're actually going to get around to these ones. These are just kind of like on the list of things that this, the, we're in yeah. this vein. We're in hypothetical land. We're in hypothetical land. Wow, the dog day afternoon. I think that my one to that, just from the heist element and the, you know, the, kind, the way you can kind of go back to a movie again and again, I would say something like Ocean's Eleven. Okay, cool. I like those movies. Yeah, that's just, not a bad. That's not a bad double feature. Am I just like I'm? I'm just gonna make the second movie that would be a double feature to that. You and I were talking earlier about how that, like, an Ocean's Eleven type story would make for a fun video game. Yeah, that could like get me into playing video games if it was yeah. more Ocean Eleven style. If you had some, yeah, and you're playing like ten characters doing different doing different puzzles. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one, Mike. Okay. Um, this next one, I, I'm going to change it. Because <laughs> Second one, I'm not doing. I ch- I'm changing it because we've already talked about it, and I realized that it was kind of inspired by Run. Because I was going to say we watched Before Sunrise. Which oh. is a, and it really, it's because I wanted to talk about any Richard Linklater movie. I love fucking Richard Linklater. And you just didn't want to, to make the obvious choice. Of well, and I knew that I knew we both like the Before Sunrise series. Oh. And how those are great romances, and that's something we don't necessarily talk about all the time. On the yeah, list. that's on the list, man. I mean, I don't have any plot. But now I realize that it's probably in my brain because Run. Like, maybe there's some wire overlap going on there. What's wrong with that, though? So, well, I had one that was going to be on my list. It was going to be my sixth choice. So I'm going to put my, my six man in and instead say, because I was thinking 
you and I were theater guys, it'd be good if you and I did like a Shakespeare adaptation. Oh. And I thought, and I thought the obvious choice would be Baz Luhrmann's uh, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> because that's probably, that's probably the most popular one. I think we would get like hits on that. We'd get, we'd get women our age who, you know, <laughs> and men. Uh, Is that the obvious that. choice? I think that's probably the most popular Shakespeare adaptation of like our generation. I, I mean, what would you what would you put above that? I I mean, you're right. I I think that probably more people have been forced to watch like the Mel Gibson Hamlet in school. Yeah, and I don't want to watch that. Do you? No, 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 no. I don't. Uh, our our old professor Bob Race really stands by that movie, which I think is hysterical. Oh, I've actually never seen the Mel Gibson Hamlet. I, I watched think it. I've only watched parts of the Ethan Hawke Hamlet. The Ethan Hawke Hamlet is actually one that I would be down to revisit, especially if we were doing a uh, Before Sunrise Ethan Hawke double feature. <laughs> well, if you and I watched... Bill Murray <laughs> plays Polonius in that movie. In Ethan... the Ethan, Which one? In the Ethan Hawke movie. Seriously? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, then maybe we should do that and one. I actually that one had, that, and I actually... That no, one has a, a similar Julia element. Stiles plays Ophelia in that movie. That one has like a similar element that I figured the Romeo and Juliet one does in terms of them being like adaptations. They're like modernizations. Yeah. And I know you and I could chat for a while about how the types of adaptations of Shakespeare we've seen and been a part of and would like to see. Right. Well, my counter to that, I guess my, my inkblot reaction double feature for that would be, it was just screening on... Criterion now, and I've brought up before, is Vanya on 42nd Street, uh, or Louis Mal adaptation of Chekhov's Uncle Vanya, which stars uh, Andre Gregory as the director of a production of Uncle Vanya in like a kind of hole in the wall. It's not, it's not a hole in the wall. It's like, a, 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 like an excavated theater uh, in, in uh, Midtown. Wallace Shawn plays Uncle Vanya. Uh, Julianne Moore is in it. It's I, it's 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 so it's so beautiful. It's such a it's and it's it's a it's about a production of Uncle Vanya that's happening, but it's a dress rehearsal, and there's a couple of people coming to watch the dress rehearsal, and everything and, about that sounds awesome to me. It's so it's so good, and it's actually so much better than you think it is. And you're probably would, thinking it's pretty good. We could double feature that with uh, my dinner with Andre. Just get those boys in there. I love those guys, man. You sent me that really great video of the two of them looking through Wallace Shawn's movie collection. No, that's that's at the that's at the Criterion collection where they bring people in to just steal as many DVDs as they want. Oh, cool. Oh, so they were just jacking movies. Yeah, I, I thought that was one of their personal collections. No, no, no. That's I, Criterion Collection, who I obviously am like on my hands and knees praising all the time. But they do one of the best. They do one of the best like additional programming things where they just bring directors and actors and writers in to their closet to just like and they just steal whatever they want. Yeah, there's also there's a so, great Ethan Hawke episode of that too. That video, that video you sent me of those two gentle old guys like who are old friends talking about movies they love. 
is like the antithesis of Fiona Apple on cocaine. Listening to <laughs> Anderson. Yeah, right, 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 right. If you're in there with, if you're in there with Wallace Shawn and Andre Gregory, you're like, I'll do whatever drug you guys are down with right now. <laughs> okay. All right. I've, this is going well. My- this is going really well. This is a good game. And I think we would do well with some of these movie reviews and getting some of our guests to, you know, who are really into something. Or if anyone wants to write in at hotlittlemailbag at AOL.com and suggest something, or even if they want to be a guest, hell, if you're, if you're a listener. And you, you want know, to be a guest? Why not? Yeah, we're, we 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 have no rules around here. It's whatever. Yeah, Zoom has changed. Zoom has changed the way this podcast can be done. Okay, my uh, my third. Uh, I'll okay. I'll skip around. The next one I'm going to give you is Jackie Brown. <sighs> okay, and it's because I was like, I need to pick one of those other popular directors like Kevin Smith or Tarantino or Robert Rodriguez or you know. One of uh-huh. the guys we kind of, or Linklater or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and Jackie Brown's my favorite, Tarantino. We can talk about, I know you like the Kill Bill ones. I like those ones too. Well, my immediate inkblot to that, inkblot to that is uh, Shaft that they just, they just put on Criterion. With Sam Jackson? No, no, no. no. The it original Shaft. Yeah, That's the OG crazy. Shaft. That's awesome. Which I've never, which I I've never seen. I don't think. I feel like I maybe had watched part of it, like on TBS, you know, back in the day. I've never seen the original one. I think I I've seen any, parts of yeah. the one, maybe. And yeah, that that might even be the one that I'm thinking of. But that's on that's on Criterion right now. That's on a double feature with uh, Three Days of the Condor. Ooh. We could also do some kung fu movies, man. We're gonna do some. We're gonna reach back to some, you know, seventies shit too. My, you know, my vocabulary for that is actually pretty slim. I like. I could, I could use some educating as far as the as far as the kung fu classics go. My my, I I've always been a huge Jackie Chan fan. He's sure. always kind of been my doorway into that world. Like I grew up on mm-hmm. that shit. Mm. Um, I'd be down to watch some of those even. I'm gonna counter your counter. Cool. Wow. Um, this is this is exactly the kind of uh the globe spinner that I assumed it would be. Yeah. Well that's why we the idea of us doing some uh one off movies is grand possibilities. And and we'll see what the reaction is from our listeners who wanna be guests. All right, what's your next pick? This list is like the kind of film festival I want to go to already. Yeah, I think there's grand possibilities. Um, all right, so next on my list, and I realize a lot of mine are 90s movies, but that's kind of the era that I'm nostalgic for. That's your zone. That's when I watched a lot of movies over and over again, because like I had them on VHS or something, So I, and I, you know, it was the only way I could watch. Right. I to go to fucking Blockbuster, you know? Right. So I almost picked Waterworld. <laughs> It just popped into my head. I think Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner is an interesting guy we could talk about, but I think the movie of his that we would both benefit from talking about would be um, because he just had a weird run of like successfully terrible movies, right? Or terribly successful, however you want to look at it. Sure. Um, 
But you and I could talk about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, because that's got Alan. That's got Alan, Alan Rickman. Rickman in it. And, I actually don't uh, know if I've ever seen it. It's fucking bonkers, and Alan Rickman's killing it. Alan Rickman cons- is only kills it. Is there yeah. a bad Alan Rickman performance? Like, show it to me. Show it. Show it to me now. <laughs> I my, my, one of my favorites that I remember sharing when he died was there's a video of him slapping a teacup, like backhanding a teacup. Uh. And and it's and it goes into slow motion over like music. And it's like an amazing just shot of this teacup flying through the air. Like Kramer versus Kramer style. Yeah. He's fucking he was so good in Robin Hood men in uh I almost said men in tights, which is what we would pair it with. Uh, but Prince of Thieves, that Kevin Costner was like getting mad at how much action he was getting because they were like giving, they were like making his character bigger and giving him shit to do. Right, because it's he's a, a real actor. Yeah, Kevin Costner sounds like such a fucking ball hog, man. Yeah, he's a ball hog. Some of the stories. Anyway, that's one. That's kind of a weird left field one, but well. We could I, we could chat about it. Well, my my left field ink blot for that would be Bull Durham. I knew you were gonna do that. It's easily like, my. He's about to say Bull Durham. Yeah, it's yeah, of course. It's easily my favorite Kevin Costner movie. It's one of the best sports movies ever. I heard today that he almost played Shooter McGavin in uh, Billy Mattis or in Happy Gilmore. Oh my God! I'm so glad that he didn't. And he, he didn't because he had just done Tin Cup and didn't want to make another golf-related thing. He couldn't have he couldn't have played Shooter the way no. that... No one can play Shooter but Shooter. What's his name? Christopher McDonald? Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. But and so is Kevin Costner in his own way. Kevin Costner... In his own way, yeah. I mean... He's I, a bizarre you, guy. You're right. We anyway. could do... We could do it. We could do a whole episode just on Kevin Costner as a dude. Yeah, and I think if any of his movies that maybe to revolve it around, I would maybe go with Prince of Thieves. I can see why you would go with Bull Durham. That was that's both of our kind of vibes. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm also a big. Uh, I'm a big. Why do I forget his name always? Christian Slater. No, it's not Christian Slater. It's. Uh... He was in Mystic River. He's in Nothing to Lose. He's in... Oh, Tim the, Robbins. Tim Robbins. I, mean, I, I really like Tim Robbins. I don't forget his name. I just get it mixed up with the author Tom Robbins. Because you worked in a bookstore. Yeah. And their <laughs> names are one letter apart. Yeah. All right. All what's right. your next... What's your... What's, this is your last this one? This is my last one. And this is kind of a weird one, too, but I thought of... Uh, this popped into my head, and I think you and I would both enjoy talking about it because it's a, it's a classic buddy movie with people we like a lot, and it's a cartoon, but I think it's probably one you like. It's The Road to El Dorado. <laughs> <laughs> which, stars, which stars Shakespearean, like, starlit boys, star boys. Oh, uh, yeah. Kenneth yeah. Branagh and Kevin Kline. Yes, and Rosie Perez. And uh, yes, exactly, Christian. And Rosie <laughs> Perez. <laughs> <laughs> and I love so that fun. movie. 
You know, for some reason, when we started this list, I was like determined. I was like, I'm going to say white man can't jump at some point in here. You're going to what? I was like, I'm going to say white man can't jump at some point here. Yeah, that's like, that's the, uh, that's as much of a buddy movie. That's like the same plot. Wow. And Rosie Perez is there. Wow. (laughs) Good pick. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, you and I have always talked about good movie pairings, because you know it'd be nice to watch two movies and compare them. It's a lot of it's more work than it sounds. I'm so glad that we went. For, I'm so glad your list went from Sydney Lumet to The Road to El Dorado. <laughs> Road to El Dorado, the, unappreciated classic, man. I don't think it's unappreciated. I think that the because I I I. I there, there's a, there's a strong contingent for that movie. I'm sure there is, but there is for everything at this point. Because that's universe. like, because Road to El Dorado, as I remember it, having watched it, probably five years ago, is more of an an adult leaning cartoon. I think. Yeah, I think at the time it wasn't as successful as they wanted because. I, I think they plan to make like several movies with those guys, like Bob Hope and Bing Crosby style. Like The Road sure. to Santa Fe, and it'd be like the cowboy version, or, you know, whatever. Oh. Like, uh, I would, Shanghai, I like Moon, Shanghai Nights vibe. I think that they should just make that movie live action with those actors now. Yeah, I know. Even at the time, I was like, this is fucking great. Like it's and it's built around like yeah, there's Shakespearean guys, like improvising, you know, about sword yeah. fighting and you know. And they're fucking hilarious in it. They're so funny. One of my favorite lines when they sword fight is he's like, "I hope your sword is as sharp as your wit," and he says something like, "It shall be loquacious to a fault." And I think that just means it talks a lot. Like, <laughs> the, it's just like you talk too much. Or like you're just gonna saw the air as I think I don't know. It's just fucking funny, man. That shit cracks me up. Oh, I can I, you know, I think that I mean, we talked about doing a whole episode about Kevin Costner, a whole episode about Kevin Klein. Yeah, I almost put a fish called Wanda. I almost put a lot of things we've talked about in the past. Right. I almost put Waterboy or Basketball, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. The Waterboy Basketball double feature is an obvious one. What we have to do is start nailing down some guests and just, you know, some of these movies are going to be a little costlier than others to track down for us. Some of these we'll have to rent. Yeah. Yeah. And since we can't get in the same fucking room, we're going to all have to rent them individually, which... Yeah, I know it works for a lot of other podcasters, but we're kind of on a shoestring budget. Fourteen dollars a month, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. God, can we can we, can we go back or anything yet? Can we go back to Kevin Klein for a second? When was the last time he was in a movie? I don't know. Are you on your computer right now? I guess I'm, I'm on. I got my we're both. Out. We're literally both on our computers right now. So he was in the Beauty and the Beast. He was in the Beauty and the Beast movie in 2017. Oh yeah, he played her dad. He played um, what's her name, Hermione. Right. Fucking he was in a movie in 2016 called Dean, which I've not heard of, but he is set. He was set to be in a movie in in this year called The Diary, 
which is an upcoming Chinese period drama film produced and directed by Jackie Chan. Okay. Yeah, he's put, he's like in a different, now he's starting to play older guys. That's like what he did in that Beauty and the Beast movie. I don't have a lot of hope for that. It says on July 19th, 2018, it was confirmed that filming had wrapped. He's, okay. he's supposed to he's supposed to be in a movie called The Starling is an upcoming American comedy drama film. It stars Melissa McCarthy, Chris O'Dowd, Timothy Oliphant, Debbie Diggs, and Kevin Klein, who's the last person listed. Kevin Klein's not a guy people are just gonna forget about. No. And he's also apparently He'll has, work whenever he wants. He's apparently also filmed a movie called The Good House, starring Sigourney Weaver, Beverly D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo. Hubba hubba. Oh my god, she was my like big mom crush from my childhood from those uh National Lampoon movies. Oh for sure. Well shit. I mean that's a lot of that's a lot to think about. Yeah. That's a good that's a good pile of movies. Well, I know we have plans to talk about some other subjects with our guests, but that's definitely uh, an easy route for us to take. Is uh, and I know one that we enjoy is picking some, picking apart something, doing a little research, reading some of the IMDb trivia back to people over the air. Oh hell yeah! I got I got to tell you that my 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 initial leaning is really toward Dog Day Afternoon because I've that movie's kind of been on my mind. Is it on Criterion? It's not a crazy. There are some other Sydney Lovett movies on there, but I mean that I'm I'm. A lot of these pre- movies are ones I'm sure are going to cost some money. I'm I'm pretty prepared to spend four dollars on both of our accounts to watch that movie. Honestly, totally. And then we'll create a Patreon so you, the listener, can support us in supporting Kevin Costner's uh, Fifth House. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah 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 yeah. i'll start a patreon if it's just like us doing 70 minutes on christopher walken <laughs> it would be it, we could start you know we've already kind of started in our heads like our hall of famers you know list that we can just start adding people to and be like let's talk a little bit about the career of x you know oh that's interesting Werner okay. herzog I almost put a couple one of the I thought we should maybe do some documentaries and it might be nice to talk to our friends over at honestly hell yeah now might be the time the one the one I really would like to do with them is minding the gap I really I'd love to do that with them which one's that minding the gap was uh nominated for an Oscar in 2018 it's a I wish I could remember the kid's name I think I think I did shout it out on it's on our Instagram at hot little takes on Instagram. It's on Hulu. It was a Hulu original. It's a movie that's it's, it's a documentary about it's initially about skateboarding in this uh, kind of tiny town in Illinois that I forget the name of that uh, initially it's, you know, kind of about these younger kids skateboarding and it kind of breaks out into this, really wonderful and kind of devastating portrait of domestic abuse 
huh. and you know economic inequality it's it's really incredible and it's bullshit that it didn't win the oscar and lost to uh, that movie about a guy who climbs mountains that was not my first thought for documentaries too <laughs> it's really it's really really good and it's and it's and it's it and sounds it's, good and it's taught, you know, it's like, it's like 86 minutes long or something like that. It's a really good movie. I was going to suggest we do the, um, not only the Di- Island of Dr. Moreau movie with Marlon Brando. But the doc, yeah. The documentary oh, yeah. about the like year that it's spent to make that you know, in a jungle. Right. That might be the one. That's an incredible documentary too. That not, might be the one. Not, not near a totally different ballpark of movie. No, but that's fun shit. That's my that's my uh, ink blot though. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot to think about. Yeah. Well, do you want to sign it off and and you can and you can set up the second half of this puppy? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can, yeah, we can wrap it up right here, and we will be back next week. But now we're gonna toss it over to an interview that I did a couple days ago with my mother about Top Chef, the new season of Top Chef, and looking back on uh, some of our favorite seasons and our favorite contestants. 